Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re-elect! Graham Zussi! Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Presented by Michelob Ultra. Enjoy a Michelob Ultra today. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And by Casey's own CBD American Shaman. Score yourself free samples of great all-natural CBD products at a CBD American Shaman near you. CBD American Shaman. Everything is better with the feather. Now your host, Nate Bucati. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you download your video content. We appreciate you being here with us. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, and get on board with the Sporting Kansas City Show. As always, we are presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it. If you enjoy it, and there are three cans of Michelob Ultra in front of me, because the, not because there are three of us, but because I need to drink all three of them after uh, everything that's happened Ooh. over the past weekend. How about that? No, that's the way to start the show. Hey, we have a big show for you today. In all seriousness, Ali Trost is joining me as always. Connell McCourt is the, is the super sub of the century right now for oh, yeah. us right here on the Sporting Kansas City Show. And yes, we have a I lot to get to. I think he may have broken to. into the starting lineup. You know. think so? Yeah. Yeah? We'll see. I mean, I've been... Showing up every time asked, you know. Yeah, it's coming true. off the bench, scoring goals, answering the answering the He's call. He's keeping every that time. sweat going yeah. as he warms up. I'm mm-hmm. the Marine or Shawnees of the crew at the minute, you know, breaking <laughs> in there. Two goals in two games for mm-hmm. Connell McCourt and mm-hmm. Marino's Shawnees. So he's here. That's the bottom line, and uh, and maybe we'll see Shawnees in the starting eleven on Wednesday night against the Colorado Rapids, considering some of the things we're seeing on the injury report right now. We'll see. We don't know about that yet. Um, but there but there are more names on the injury list. We'll get to that and many more things coming up on the show. We'll talk about that tough game on uh, Saturday in Portland, 7-2, to sporting fall to uh, the Portland Timbers. And the aftermath of that, we'll talk about the latest news that has come out since then. As I mentioned, more people added to the unavailability report for Sporting Kansas City. We'll preview a big opportunity to bounce back. That's the way we're going to look at this. This is an opportunity on Wednesday night to show that bounce back ability against the Colorado Rapids, another one of those Western Conference rivals. And we're going to talk with one of the young bright spots for Sporting Kansas City over the past week or so, Caden Pierre, who uh, came in to play in the U.S. Open Cup game against FC Dallas. Had some really bright moments there uh, and then was forced into duty as well late in the game against Portland also. And uh, I thought, especially in the FC Dallas game, really showed some things. So we're going to have a chance to talk to him, get to know him a little bit, have him tell us his story, how he got to Kansas City, his background, all of that. I always look forward to getting to know some of the young guys on the team. So that's all straight ahead on the show uh and now ali we'll go to you first because you were there in portland um and and i'll look seven to two portland wins it i know nobody wants to hear it but it's just the truth at halftime jacob peterson and i were in the studio uh we take our headsets off as we go to commercial break we look at each other it's one nil colorado on the set piece goal they scored Portland. And we both – I'm sorry, what did I say? Seattle. Colorado. Uh, Colorado. Colorado. Oh, Jeez. gosh, I can't keep anything straight. 
1-0 Portland um, on the set piece. Jacob and I look at each other and go, I actually feel pretty good. I feel like the team's uh, outplaying Portland. We created chances in the in the first half. There was one right at the six-yard box for Kyrie Shelton, a couple of other decent opportunities. Roger Espinosa had that yeah. almost banger from right outside the box. Yeah. And Peter Vermees even said as much during our halftime interview, and I even had a chance to talk with Johnny Russell today. It's Tuesday out at training, and you know we just talked about the game and the aftermath of it, and, and he brought up that halftime conversation with the team, and they all said, and he even said in his post game, like they felt really good. They felt like they were really close and that they got unlucky on, on the set piece goal. They, it was just, you know, just a couple of bad moments there, but all in all, they felt like they had a really good first half. And then of course the six goals in the second half happened. And I think right now, if you had to just sum it up in one word, how the team feels, it's embarrassed. And I think now it's like you said, Nate, a really good opportunity ahead of them on Wednesday, a really quick turnaround, which could be maybe a positive thing for the team to, to quickly put this one behind them. But you also have to make sure that some of those, those negative feelings that could carry over don't come through in this game and, and affect individual performances or, of course, the collective team performance. Well, the Blanco goal right after halftime killed it all, didn't it really? Yeah. Like, I mean, no yeah. matter what, because I was kind of the same as you. I We were playing better than I kind of expected us to just because, look, Portland's a tough place to go. They're not about And it was team loud either, in there. Right? That was you know, my first time uh, to Providence Park. So the first half, I was like, you know what? We're still in this. This actually looked good. And then just that killer blow right after halftime. And it just, just took all the wind out of their sails. Like, you the 15 minutes before they spent in the locker room was just, it was over in 30 seconds because everything that you had planned, and I don't know if it's down to concentration, is it down to, I mean, just. Some of that was down to a great finish by Blanco, of course. Yeah. Not the only one, too. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, there were some absolute wonder goals, and it just, it seemed like the second goal kind of broke our back a bit. Mm -hmm. It took us a bit to come back in. We didn't really, took a bit for us to get our bearings about us after they scored that second goal, and the next thing, boom, 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 it's just. Yeah. Where you know, I mean, you're you're under the caution. Some of that was, you're going forward, you're pushing forward, trying to get a goal, and they're just playing the ball long. And look, Blanco's a and that's the position a that they want to be so in too. So right. you, they getting that goal as quickly as they did in the second half really put them in a prime position to put up the goals that they did because they just then took complete advantage. And I, I mean, it, it's not a situation that you ever see really in, in the sport of soccer. I mean, you see multi-goal games, but never really to the extent that we saw it on Saturday. Um, but I, I think it was just them taking complete advantage of, of a weakness and just preying on it. Well, and, and I think you make an interesting point, Connell, about pressing forward, going for goals. Because, look, I think there are teams that at some point, I don't know if it's 3-1, 4-1, whatever point in time you decide to do it, but there are some teams that would look at it at some point and say, let's shut up shop. Let's just stop trying to attack. We're not going to win this game, and let's kick the ball around and just get this game over with and, and stop the bleeding, so to speak. Um, Sporting Kansas City are a team that want to attack, and they never want to give up, and they mm -hmm. continue to go forward and press for goals, and they really have to go forward and press for goals when they're trailing by multiple goals. Then you add on top of it that Portland gets a red card, right? And so – now you really feel like, I mean, yeah, maybe it's still a really long shot, but we got a man advantage. Maybe really throw the kitchen Weirder sink at happened, it now. Yep, let's let's sure. really press forward. And you just kind of get into even more of an opportunity where, yeah. you know, it snowballs even more. Then you get down to 10 v. 10. The game's completely wide open. And if you press forward at all, it's going to lead to those things. And, you know, so that's where I, I look at it and go, boy, you could, you could look at it and say there's times when you lose 7 to 2 and you just got absolutely played off the field. 
And then there's other times where it just there was like a snowball effect, yeah. which is what happened to Sporting Kansas City in this game. They just they ultimately found themselves in too big of a hole because that that pressing forward and in commitment to doing so, even though it was leaving them exposed defensively, they were getting the rewards for it. I mean, the John East goal happened before Portland scored another. The Johnny Russell goal happened before they came back and scored another. So you could sense that, I mean, after the two goals that Sporting scored, like they were still trying to just cut that deficit, but, you know, it, it they just left themselves too exposed in behind. I mean, it didn't help either that Portland were just utterly ruthless, like in front of the goal. They uh, eight like shots they on like goal, seven miss. go in the back of the net. You I know? mean, that, that's... And, and, not, and like that usually, like when you look at that stat, that looks bad on Tim, but even half of the goal, I mean, like he couldn't even have got what anywhere near them. Yeah, he was them, left you know? out to drag. A lot of them, maybe he just had the press bogging over his head and stuff. What do you do? Like, it's just yeah. unbelievable finishes from really, really talented players. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the difference. Their talented players were ruthless and they took their took advantage of their chances and just it didn't fall for us. Sometimes it just, that's the way it goes. Well, and, and so I think, you know, to, to go back to the point about how, yeah, some teams might just go wave the white flag a little bit. Let's just let's just sit back and, and, and play this game out and, and, and limit the damage. Um, the, the argument I guess those teams would make is the psychological damage then that you suffer from a 7-2 to two loss. We saw it on the face of Johnny Russell after the game. I mean, he called it an embarrassment. He called it a disgrace. He said it was the low point of his career. And look, now that I would point out to everybody, that's right after the game. Right. Yeah. You know, that is Tensions as you're, you've just walked off the field having to live through those 90 minutes as a player who has pride in what you do for a living. So that's an emotional Johnny Russell at that time. You said you talked to him a couple of days later. I'm not, I'm not assuming that he's just okay with it now, but was he any more measured or at least philosophical about, hey, okay, that's it. Let's, let's move on to the next one now. Certainly more um, th looking more ahead. Because at the moment, you know, yeah. in that post game, it, it was really just a reflection on those ninety minutes, um, and you could really hear like the agony almost. And mm -hmm. it, it, it's a quote that, you know, you can read it, but listening to it gives you an, a, com a completely different perspective on how Johnny Russell was was feeling in that moment. When I talked to him today, though, it was kind of more so getting the perspective of the leader, Johnny Russell, and and hey, what are the solutions now going forward? What needs to happen? Um, and I asked him specifically with the young guys, like, you know, how, do, how does that game affect them any differently or, or what message needs to be tailored to them specifically? And he said, you know, the most important thing for them right now is that they don't go back into their shell. Because yeah. as, as a young player, a big part of becoming a professional or growing into a team is coming out of your shell a little bit. And, and a, a loss like that can kind of send you – you back into it a little bit. So that was just one thing that we had talked about specifically. But, you know, he didn't mince his words. He still said it was an embarrassment. Courtney Ford on his post-game – or not post-game, on his media availability today uh, on the press conference said the same thing. I think that the feeling of embarrassment is there for the players, but now it's – there's nothing they can do about it. They just have to find a way to move on. But it's going to be it, – it's not – I think the belief is there. It's not a matter of, of, of if, it, it's when we can – can kind of turn that corner. I think the environment that they're in, just this environment in general of the sporting team, I don't think the player, the young players will fall back in that because they won't be allowed to. I mean, at this club, even young players coming through, you're told to get on the ball, you're told to go forward, be yeah. adventurous. You know, you can't, they don't, they don't really know how to play any I think other it way. was more so like, you know, when you, when you do go into this game against Colorado on Wednesday, not letting any lingering thoughts of the game against Portland negatively 
kill your your game in this match and going forward. It's more of like, hey, use this as a as a lesson, as a as a way to get better, but don't let it just kind of infiltrate your mind in a negative way to the point where it takes away your ability to you know, help the team and, and do what the team is is asking you and requiring of you to do. I just kind of mean, like, th the way we play, if you're a fullback, if you're a centre midfielder or whatever, and you're a young guy, you can't really afford to be in your shell because you'll have the likes of Johnny Russell, you'll have Remy Volter, you'll have, Ro well, Roger won't be there. Yeah. But, but you'll have those players demanding that these players yeah. get on the ball, try and influence, try and let your game influence the game itself you know I trying just, i think that mental game is just it's so much harder than i think we often give it give it credit because in talking to so many different players and i've had conversations with roger about this with Kyrie about this when it comes to to young players and not like on this team specifically but just talking about like the career arc of, of a professional it, figuring out that mental side is tough 90 percent is, is kind of what i've been told in, in talking to them about that so even though yes there's high demand on them that doesn't mean that you're mentally all, you know, in, in with order. The, with the game coming up right away, too, I kind of think that helps as well because it's the longer you're agree. sitting thinking about it because if it's a Saturday to Saturday, then you're, it's more time to kind of sit, mull over it. Well, did, did I do this? Should I have done that? Whatever. Now we're right back into a chance to put it right, get three points on the board. So it doesn't really get much more simpler than that. Yeah. Uh, Yogi Berra said that 90% of the game is half mental. So, you know, whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever the math we, we, you know, breaks down that on math that. That math sounds right to yeah, me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, well, that's why I asked Peter Vermees at the press conference today about Johnny Russell, the captain, who has those comments after the game and is obviously so hurt and busted up by the performance in the second half of that game. How do you then handle it going forward as the leader of the team? And, and Peter, because I asked Peter from his perspective as a former team captain type of player, and he's basically said, Johnny's got to do it his way. It's got to be authentic mm -hmm. to Johnny. Every single person's different, and if you do it in a phony way, you'll get found out really quickly. And, I, you know, I think the thing with Johnny that we know is the first thing we'll see is him leading by example. I, I don't think he's going to do anything. He's not going to, you know, go and, and throw all of the other players under the bus and say, it's all your fault. You guys need to get up to my standard. I think he's going to go out there. Um, and, and, and try to show them that he's willing to play through whatever he's dealing with right now, if he can. Um, and He was upgraded to questionable. Yep. He was listed as out on the Monday injury report. He was upgraded to questionable for the game on Wednesday. And I don't so. want to make too much of that, but may, that might tell you right there something about what Johnny's made of. We already know he's been playing through things this year because the team needs results. They need him out on the field. And, uh, and he's flat out said, you know, on the record that, look, this is not the time for me to be on the bench. I've got to play. Mm -hmm. And so that's sending a message right there to the, to the younger players on the team. Because, you know, that, and that's one of the things, you know, the, the old, another old famous sports quote that, you know, adversity doesn't build character, it reveals it. Yeah. And so to me, if you're Johnny Russell, you know, he, he's the kind of guy that, that will go out there. And, and I think that the, the veterans on this team, like Roger Espinosa and Graham Zussi, are the kind of guys that will go show, okay, it's easy to play great and play your hardest and play through injury when things are going well. But when things are going poorly, that's when you actually show what you're made of, and this is when we need to pick it up a notch. And so, I, you know, I think that that's what we'll see from Johnny. Yeah. But here's the thing, guys, and we'll, we'll get into it um, when we preview the game against Colorado in our last segment, but there are names added to the injury list. There are two players that are suspended now for this game. So the, the, the adversity is here. I mean, this is going to be a tough one. But I would point out when we talk about the highs and lows – 
This time a week ago, we were getting ready, little did we know, to watch this incredibly inspiring comeback performance that was largely fueled by young, unheralded, unproven players who looked terrible in the first half of that game against FC Dallas and then came out of the locker room and played this inspiring soccer that got the whole stadium into it, that started the comeback, and even some of those guys were still on the field when the comeback was completed. It seems like that was a long time ago right now. So, the, you know, the roller coaster of yeah. a season happens, and it might be some of those same guys that are now tasked with the opportunity to go out there on Wednesday night and inspire everybody once again. So well, let's I, see what I, happens. You I know? wonder how much more difficult that 7-2 loss was coming off of that high because in hearing, you know, all the players talk about that Open Cup win, I mean, they they needed it. And they they felt that. They felt like maybe not that they were turning a corner necessarily because it was one game, but at least a, a more than just a positive step up. It felt like they took a leap of sorts. And so I, I think maybe what, you know, as we talk about what the response is going to be going into this game on Wednesday, I think in just in even kind of thinking back on Johnny's post game, you can almost kind of see, yes, the frustration, but also like, what do we do? You know, like it's kind of. Yeah, he was I, I asked like because he said, you know, we've already been talking enough. We've right. talked too much. Yeah. You know, we need to go out and do it. Yeah, and, and so I, you can just kind of sense that like they're trying to figure out the roadmap as as things are happening around them. And, and like you said, characters revealed, and you know, we we know some things about the character of these players, but never within you know the context of, of what this season has been. So it will be just inter- interesting to see moving forward, but. I mean, great opportunity Wednesday and then another one on the road at San Jose on Sunday. Yeah, and sometimes when it gets to that point, instead of thinking big picture about how do we get back into the playoffs or how do we turn this entire season around, I thought we heard a little bit of this from Peter during his presser today, Tuesday, when we're doing this, which was basically the idea of go out and have a good training session today. Go out and give your best effort tomorrow night and give your team a chance to win. Put one foot in front of the other right now and see if you can put win together some game. good things. That's you know, what it's just, all about. Win the yeah. next game. Yeah. That's all. That's, that's what it really has to Against be. Against a good Colorado team that's in good form right now as well. We'll talk about all that coming up in just a little bit. But for now, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about one of those young players that went out there and I thought really might have discovered some things about himself in his game against FC Dallas last weekend. Caden Pierre, fascinating kid with a fascinating story to tell as well. And we're going to hear that from him next. We are off and running on the Sporting Kansas City show presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. As devoted Sporting KC fans, we know you travel well to support your club and its boys in blue. So, before you travel to the next away game, or anywhere for that matter, check out Kansas City International Airport's new terminal progress at buildkci.com. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back to the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, and wherever you get your podcasts and stream your video content. As you can see, Colin McCourt's not here right now because we have kicked him to the side and he has been replaced by uh, another young player on this Sporting Kansas City team, 19-year-old Caden Pierre. And Caden, I'm sorry to say this, but Gianluca Busio witnessed the same thing. Until you turn 20, we are uh, contractually obligated to list your age every time we talk about (laughs) you because it has to, like, we have to point out to everybody, he's a teenager and he's playing professional soccer. It's unbelievable. Uh, How are you, man? Thanks for joining us. I'm great. How are you guys? We're doing Doing well. Yeah, we're doing awesome, man. And um, we have so much 
to get to with you. But obviously, you know, one of the, the reasons that we were like, hey, let's let's see if we can get Caden on the show. We had a good performance against FC Dallas um, in that U.S. Open Cup game. And I know it didn't start the way anybody wanted it to. But then the way that it came and, and turned around in the second half is one of those things I think that it, everybody that watched it and was there will remember forever. So for you as a young guy, being a part of a game like that, you know, what, what was it like and what are your memories now that you look back on it a week later? Yeah, I mean, to start the game, obviously a little nervous. It was my first start, first start at home, first start in general. So I was yeah. a little nervous. But once the game gets going, you know, you're there to play soccer. You've been doing it all your life. So, like, slowly the game comes to you. But we started off slow as a team. I mean, a lot of rotation happened, a lot of younger guys. But then – I mean, once we switched formations, it all got better. And then I think the players started seeing that, oh, we have a chance. Like, we get after them there on the back foot. And then we made the subs. We got the goal. And then the crowd was getting into the game. And then, every I mean, it was just actually unreal. Surreal night. Great night. Great win. And Yeah. 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 Lost for words. That was kind a of. fun one. Well, and was. I, maybe this is on me. I didn't realize how fast you were. I was like, KP's hey, <laughs> flying up the yeah, sideline. No. Uh, yeah, How have, you know – the speed is, a, I'm sure, something you were just born with. But what are some parts of your game? You know, y you mentioned kind of having those nerves, but then you just fall back on what you know. Um, what are some of the things that have kind of developed in your professional game in, in maybe the last year that, that you're really proud of? Um, I would say with going up and down the pitch is with and without the ball. It's something I worked on. I used to just go a lot running without the ball, but I like to take it on the dribble more, have the ball at my feet is something I've really worked on I would say well that was what really stood out yeah. to me in the game and and it wasn't just the second half you mentioned the change in formation but there was a stretch at the end of the first half where you had a couple of runs up the field you took guys on uh you made you know you made some dangerous opportunities happen by your ability to get up the field we know that that's what Peter and the system calls for the fullbacks to do here and and, and a thought occurred to me when I was watching it I felt like I was watching a young man grow in his own confidence on the field and, you know, sometimes I've heard athletes talk about, like, when you, when you move up in levels, whether you're going from high school to college or you're going from college to the pros or a, a lower division to a higher division, there's that moment where you almost wonder to yourself, okay, yeah, I know that this was successful down at the last division I was at, but is it going to translate? Now I'm playing against better guys that are, that, are, that are more experienced and maybe more athletic. Is it going to work up here? And... It seemed to me like you figured out, oh, I, I can take these guys on too. I have the pace. I have yeah. the, the skill to do it. D am I reading that right? Like what was your – did you feel like you were growing in confidence in your ability to do that as the game went on? Yeah, I mean, definitely. With the nerves in the beginning, you know, you don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to mess up. I mean, it happens yeah. to everyone, especially yeah. their first game. So I would say, yeah, I think once I got on the dribble once or twice – I mean, you just get confidence and belief in yourself. Oh, I can do this every time I get the ball. I mean, why not? Might as well go forward. And, yeah, that pretty much happened throughout the game, I would say. Have you played this position your whole life? And who are some, you know, fullbacks that you look up to? Obviously, you've got a great one. Yeah, Susie to look great, up to. But what one. about, you know, maybe around the league or around the world? Yeah, no, I would say Danny Alves is up there. He's, I mean, for me, the best right back of all time. Can do it all. Mm-hmm. And then I would say also Kyle Walker on Man City is another good right back. I mean, 
He's super, super duper fast. He's ridiculously yeah. fast. But yeah, no, Kyle Walker's another one I would say. And and so right back though, is that? The oh no, are? I used to play center back actually. Center back growing up. What? Yeah, my whole life played center back, and then crazy story. I played. I got to play left winger once. I convinced my coach to <laughs> let me play left winger one game. I scored two goals and had an assist. It was a great game, great day. We still tied though. We gave up three goals in the second half. Not a good result. But then the next game, I started at left wing again. Our center back got hurt, and I went to go play center back again. And obviously, I played well, so yeah. got stuck there again. Yeah. So. Man, oh, wow. I, I feel like, you know, I, with your pace, I was sure you were going to say oh, I was a forward. You know, uh, I know. I wish. I wish I was a <laughs> well, forward. Well, is that why you wanted to go out on the wing? Because you oh, wanted yeah, to get yeah. into the attack a bit more? In training, I would be scoring all the time. I'd be like, coach, <laughs> put me up top. Come on now. Yeah, I think there's a little mismanagement from your youth coach. we got to get this guy on <laughs> yeah. the horn. Um, so, because, and, and it's interesting when you mention the names of these other right backs in the in the game, the game has changed a lot. I remember back in the day, there was a famous quote, hey, nobody dreams of, of, of growing up to be a right back. Well, that was back when a right back was just a defender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just talked about it. I mean, and, and, and it's not just at Sporting Kansas City. I feel like everywhere you look in soccer nowadays, the fullbacks – they, they have license to get all the way up the field, and they actually are supposed to make things happen yeah. in the attack. That's got to be a fun time to be a fullback compared to the back in the day, right? Uh, a lot better times. The fullbacks are a lot more important in attacking upward of teams nowadays, especially, I mean, you see Man City, Liverpool, all the best teams in the world, their fullbacks are brilliant going both ways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 All right, so we got Caden Pierre here. I, I want to get into your background a little, get, right, get to know yeah. you a little bit. Now, first of all, understand – Mother and father, both from the Caribbean, right? One from Jamaica, one from Haiti. Is that Correct. right? Can you tell us a little bit about yeah. their background? Okay, so my mom is from Jamaica. My dad's from Haiti. My mom moved to the States when I think she was like five, I would say. And my dad moved for college. Okay. And then they both met in Michigan, which is where I'm from. And they've been there ever since. What were they, where in Michigan were they when they met? you know what they were doing at that time? Uh, well, my parents used to like to go clubbing a lot okay so they met at the club yeah. they met it's a good old classic yeah. oh my dad took her for a dance and yeah. next thing you know and they, they used to dance all night they would that's what my yeah. friends would say yeah or their cool. friends would say which is super cool but okay yeah. so have you been to haiti have you been to jamaica do you still have family back in those places yes i do my whole dad pretty much the whole side of his family still lives in haiti and jamaica some of them live there but some of them also, a lot of them actually live in Toronto, Canada, which is okay. surprising. And then, no, I've been to Jamaica five for a wedding when I was five. I want to go back because yeah. I don't really That's remember That's the only time you've been? Yeah. 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 And then Haiti, I went when I was 12 for another wedding, which would also be good to go back and yeah. see it again. After some time has passed. So I know yeah. that you also are the oldest of four. So am I. Correct. So I'm oh, there we go. sure we share a lot of stories <laughs> yeah. about what that's like. What are your What are your siblings like? What's the the age difference there? And, and what are they? Okay. Are they soccer players too? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, my sister is... 17 17 she plays volleyball basketball a little soccer she's kind of like me i would say in sports wise and school wise and then i got my other brother who is 15 and now he used to play soccer but now he actually plays esports nice yeah surprising but it's something he loves to do so we support what's his like go-to Rocket League. Okay. Oh, my you son was big into Rocket League for a while. Yeah, he was getting on some. Cl- yeah. You know, there's all these competitive teams you yeah, can get on. Yeah, that's exactly that. what you he know does Rocket for League school. Is, I know nothing. You're a I'm car <laughs> playing soccer, basically. Like you ram your car into this big ball and it goes <laughs> into the goal. So I used to love know. Mario Kart, so I feel like I might love 
Whatever so now it's hard. Okay, I, this, it sounds hard. It's hard. This is interesting. So you're, you you said that he used to play soccer, but now he plays esports. It's one or the other. He doesn't do both. Nah, because he used to like soccer, but like he doesn't really like it. But he always yeah, okay. loved. Like he always had a passion for yeah. video games. Yeah, I mean, he having he's super good at Rocket League. Yeah. So. Well, it's funny because, I mean, my son's uh, massively into video games yeah. and all that, but he also does play soccer. And it was really funny because one time, you know, the coach gives you your player evaluation and tells you what they think your son's good at and what he needs to get better at. Yeah. And the evaluation said, well, your son has a really good knack for passing angles and when to make certain runs. He sees the field really well in that regard. So it's clear that you guys work at home on this a lot. And I was like, no, no, you know, we don't. And I talked to my son, and he said, oh, I learned that all in Rocket League. Rocket League, He's like, wow. I do these Rocket League tutorials, and they show you after you pass the ball this way, you drive your car that way, and then you're wide open. And so I just started using Tactics those. Wow, yeah. Rocket League. I might need to play more Rocket League. There you, go. Oh. you see the game better. I was like, hey, yeah. man, I like the fact that you're applying it, you know, when you get yeah, out there on the field. that's perfect. Okay, so you're the so so you um you played other sports too growing up though, right? Not just not just soccer. What yeah. were what were the other sports you played, and what uh, were you best at if it wasn't soccer? If it wasn't soccer, I mean, I played a little football at recess. You know, everyone yeah. does that. And yeah. then I played basketball for school, so it would be basketball. Okay. Yeah, basketball was good. Okay, good so times. did you grow up as like a University of Michigan or a Michigan State fan or anything like that? Well, my mom went to. University of Michigan, Flint. So I wouldn't say I'm a big, but I always okay. did choose blue. We have more blue in my family, and okay. then my dad went to LTU. But I wasn't too big on the debate. Okay, I would, I would cheer for a Michigan team if they played against Ohio State, though. Always. <laughs> but always. my understanding Either is one. you are a big Michigan sports fan. Yes, I am a Michigan. We're not very good right now, but yes. Okay, but the Lions had a pretty good draft. But we're still like <laughs> it's the lines. Yeah, you know? yeah. nothing you can do. There. I have family that lives in Michigan, so like every time I'm like, oh, that was kind of. They're like, no. Did they go to the games or? No, honestly, a couple of them now have become Chiefs fans because Chiefs? they. So some of them like, well, you know, they grew up. In, my uncle grew up in St. Louis, but his family was all raised in Michigan, and so you know they have Missouri ties. They would always come okay. visit, you know, us and stuff. So Any excuse to root for Mahomes. Yeah. So I, I think that's really yeah, what there it you was. Go. There and you go. Yeah. A lot better than the Lions. Okay, so you know, we're visiting once again with Caden Pierre, and and I know that you played other sports, but also one of my favorite things when you got signed to the first team, and I was talking to the guys on the PR staff about you. I think this must have been last year at some point. They said, you got to see this picture. And they showed me this picture of this, I think, about 12-year-old Caden Pierre. Is that right? 12, 13. And he's yeah. holding up a trophy that's taller than him. Um, and I was like, man, I've never seen a trophy that big because you were a chess-playing champion. What yes, was that? Was. Okay, what tr what trophy was that, that picture? I can see you smiling already, so you know exactly what picture I'm that talking about. That was for Nationals. So I went to the Nationals. I th it was in Nashville or Louisville where it took okay. place. And I got like. I didn't even get, I mean, I got like 13th out of, I don't know how many kids. It was K through 8, so, but I don't know. I got like 13th. You just play against your grade, though, when you go to the, these no, chess tournaments? so you play, I mean, most of the time you play against middle schoolers because they're like, there's a certain rating in chess, so you okay. play against a certain rating. But it was like a certain rating in under, so I would play like anyone who comes. So they yeah. could be in second grade. And have a super high rating. But I learned most that of in the, the time, Queen's yeah. Gambit. So. Yeah, you know, I you, like, you were, I feel like you I were twelve at the time, though. Yeah, I think so. So you could have played against fourteen-year-olds or something yeah, like could, that. Could yeah, have, yeah. It's yeah. all about the rating, not like the oh, age. It is yeah. about rating. Okay. Yeah. So how old were you when you got into playing chess then? Like did ten, you... I think. My dad 
my family loves to play board games. We play like when we're at home together and I don't go home often, but we always play board games at night. Just something we always do as a family. And then he introduced me to chess and then I actually enjoyed it. And then I picked it up at school and then I started beating him. I was like, all right, I might as well join the chess club, something else to do. And then he just took off from there, I would say. It sounds a lot like my family. And I'm, I'm curious because... You know, I I don't live in the same place as my family anymore. How has that been, being a 19-year-old kid coming to a new place, pursuing this dream, but being away from, from your siblings and, and from your, your family? I know your mom was here with you for a bit, but. Oh, no, actually, she's actually still with me right now oh, with my is. little brother, with my seven-year-old okay. brother. Okay, so I was. Yeah, no. So, yeah, tell me a little bit more about then. How the, old were you when you came here? 14, turning 14. 15. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, um, I mean, she makes it. A lot easier, I would say. Yeah. Rough, it's going to be rough without her for the first couple of months. I'm actually moving in with Jake pretty soon, I would say. Okay. But, yeah. Nah, she makes it easy. I mean, yeah, she makes it really easy. She handles most of my stuff still, so I got to yeah. figure that out. <laughs> she likes yeah. the hands-on, so yeah. I got to sort that out. And then my seven-year-old brother, I mean, he is a, he's an energizer bunny. He just keeps running wow. around and keeps me awake, so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So so your mom came down here with you, and she's been here basically for five years in Kansas no, City then? Or? She stayed the first six months because okay. they thought I was too young to live with the yeah. host. And then I went to a host family for two years, and then COVID happened. So I moved, I switched to a new host family because they didn't want to deal with the COVID. And then they went back to Michigan because I knew I'm from Michigan, the host family I stayed with. So my mom came back down, and then I signed, and she's like, oh, I got to stay with you for <laughs> a little bit longer. And then, yeah, so that's how it is. Okay. Well, you know, 19 years old, that's about the time kids are going off to college and stuff. So you're yeah. about ready. And you're moving in with Jake? Yeah. Now, do you and Jake, he's from Michigan, too. Did you guys know yeah. each other before uh, you came down here? We actually didn't. We used to play against each okay. other as kids. He'll tell you. Did he ever foul you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing Jake. Jake. Jake gets stuck in on tackles, Jake man. Does. I like that about he him. Was, so. I, he wasn't like that back then. He went for Megs. He went for a lot of Megs. Oh, okay. But, nah, we used to play against each other. He'll tell you his team won, but he doesn't remember. He has a bad memory, but, uh, yeah. Then, hey, I think you guys are, are young enough to where they keep pretty good record of those games. Yeah. So we, we can maybe go look that up and find <laughs> so out. So it wasn't like that Jake it. Davis, man, I don't like him. There wasn't nah, any of that. Nah, nothing crazy like okay. that. Nothing crazy, but, nah, yeah. So you guys excited to uh, – to you know have have your own spot here pretty soon right yeah no it'll be exciting times we might get in a couple arguments here and there about <laughs> our teams but that happens. Well, yeah i'll sort it out i, I you would sort it out with a game of chess you know say hey, i'll right. play a chess yeah. for it you know oh no chance he can play that <laughs> no chance he would rage throw all the pieces yeah. on the ground or something <laughs> He'd start knocking yeah he would be no. like no <laughs> yeah do no. you guys play video games yes of course have to what are you what are you into right now Right now, actually, I haven't been playing a lot. I've been watching a lot of TV shows. I've been catching up on TV shows. What's it's your bad. your favorite right now? I mean, right now I'm watching Breaking Bad, but this is I mean. Oh, you get caught up on that. Oh, huh? yeah. See, when those things were big, like Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, that's like when six. I was on the video game. <laughs> yeah. That's when I was yeah. on my video game grind. But now yeah. it's kind of changed. But now FIFA, 2K, Call of Duty, Fortnite, those are mostly what I play. I would imagine. A lot of our listeners are curious about this because it's something that I've always thought about. What is, you know, you're 19, you're getting ready to, to move in with Jake. What is what does schooling look like for you at this School, time? I talked to Cam yeah. Duke the other day. He was like, oh, yeah, I got to go. Got class. It's yeah. like, wait, what? Like, you know, what is, what's that kind of like right now? Nah. What, what are you pursuing? Uh, I took a class. I have to take, like, a couple of, like, English classes and, like, social studies classes. I took a class during preseason. Right now I'm not 
taking a class because honestly, I wouldn't. I yeah. needed a break from school. I couldn't focus about on soccer in school very good towards the end of my yeah. high school. So I took a little. I'm gonna take a little break right now. But no, it's something I'm gonna continue and pursue. Were you a pretty good student? I mean, I gotta think chess player. That you just make the the assumption right there. He's always oh, got to be a good student. Yeah, no, I was a pretty good student. I would say I was a little lazy though. Okay. When it came, you know, yeah. certain things. But now yeah. I was I was a good student. Yeah. Well, and hey, I know that for me, like, I didn't really start to take my academics seriously until I was about your age now. <laughs> and I didn't have, and that was like when I realized I've got no yeah. other options. <laughs> yeah, I think it was later for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. Well, hey, um, to bring it back full circle, you, you guys right now, you know, are in a situation where there are a lot of guys banged up. There, there are guys that are suspended, and you guys, you have a lot of games coming up too with another Open Cup game and all that. How are you viewing things personally? Like, are you seeing some opportunities here to really try to prove at an early age what you can do? Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, you just got to work hard every day in training, just prove to the staff and like the players that, yeah, I'm ready to get minutes, uh, deserve to get minutes, but, I mean, just got to work hard in and out in training, on and off the field. All the young guys, all the bench guys, whoever, just to prove, especially after a tough result like last game. I mean, anything can happen. So, Ali mentioned Graham Zussi being this great, like, you know, he, you've got this one of the all-time uh, greats in the whole league, in the history of the league and in the country um, at your position. When you watch him go about his business on a daily basis, what have you learned, maybe that he hasn't even told you, but that just you've seen about the way he, he, he does this job? I mean, one thing for sure is the way he takes care of his body. I mean, at his age, he's still in phenomenal shape and can do everything pretty much. But it's also just his mentality and habits, I would say, because most of the time I do watch him and I watch what he does on and off the field, whether it's getting treatment or doing certain stuff on the field and it's just like stuff I take notes on that obviously one day I'm going to need in the future or even right now so yeah it's it's honestly great having him ahead of me. What's sure. maybe one thing that you've started doing this year uh, that's been different in your in your professional career? Um, I would say there's two. One thing is diet. I think that's one thing I took for granted I would say but it's something super important. And then I would also say the gym. Started hitting <laughs> yeah. the gym a little bit more than yeah. last year. I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah. The gym, yeah. Going focuses. up against grown men. Yeah. You yeah. yeah. Strength, exactly. Right? And activation. Was there a recovery. hit that kind of was like, okay, I need to. <laughs> Honestly, it was in preseason when I was going up against Daniel. And he kind of just pushed me off the ball. And I was like, well, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that can't be. That's not good for me. If Daniel's pushing me off the ball. No, that's a Daniel. No, he's strong, but like I was like, whoa. He just looks so wiry. That's you know? what like, I'm there's saying. There's no way that guy should be. <laughs> but I was like, wow, I need to hit the gym. Yeah. That's what I thought right there. Hey, man, I like that. You're learning things, you yeah. know, and and uh, and get in the weight room is part of the deal. Hey, Caden, we really appreciate the time. Yeah. It's been really fun getting to know you, and I hope we get to have you on sounds again great. real soon. Yeah, sounds great. Okay, that is Caden Pierre, uh, right back for Sporting Kansas City. 19 years old. We will take a break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by Connell McCourt, who does not need us to state how old he is uh, at any point in time. Uh, back after this on the Sporting Kansas City Show right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. All right, we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, and wherever you get your podcast and stream your video content, 
We appreciate you watching and listening, and we appreciate you uh, supporting by buying some delicious Michelob Ultra, won't you? Uh, maybe maybe uh, kick back and knock one down while you're listening to us preview this Sporting Kansas City versus Colorado Rapids game. Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. We're rejoined by Connell McCord after a great conversation with Caden Pierre. And, uh, guys, young player getting an opportunity. We might see another one here, Allie, because we have some news from Sporting Kansas City that came out earlier today when it comes to the roster. We thought they might have to do something considering all the injuries and suspensions they'll be dealing with for this game on Wednesday night. Yep, just uh, dropped in the inbox. 21-year-old Julian Vasquez has signed uh, to a short-term um, I want to get the exact wording right here, short-term agreement with Sporting Kansas City. So that, I think, just kind of speaks to the, the spot that they're in right now with the injuries. But um, he's he's been a bright spot for this SKC2 team. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Benny Philhaber, the head coach, said a few weeks back, maybe this was last month, that, you know, there, there hasn't really been one player that has, you know, kind of solidified their spot or, or shown um, that they're – fast tracking to the first team but this would be the first indication that uh they they see that certainly in Vasquez and and like you said a good opportunity I mean this could be um a, an opportunity not just for him but for Sporting Kansas City to see what they they might have in some of these young MLS and X pro players and uh, Julian Vasquez has scored two goals in the last two games for SKC2 their last game a come from behind win he scored the equalizer it was a really good goal you can look those up at sportingkc.com and on the social media channels for Sporting KC2 if you haven't already seen them and I, we don't know what kind of responsibility he will or will not have in the game but that does give them at least a little bit more depth on the bench because again to go back to it Ali we've got some news on the injury front for Sporting Kansas City both Kyrie Shelton and Johnny Russell were added to the injury report at one point, they were listed as out. Now they've been upgraded to questionable. So hopefully that's good news for the two of those guys. But remember, yep. this is a quick turnaround for them. Uh, Robert Volader was given a red card after two yellow cards in the uh, in the game against Portland. And Roger Espinoza is out for yellow card accumulation. Still waiting to see if Graham Zussi is able to work his way back into the rotation. Nicholas Sisi Matmidin is, is already out as well. Ozzy Cisnero suffered the hamstring injury uh, against FC Dallas. And, of course, uh, you know the seizing in injuries to Polito and Gotti Kinda. I don't know if I'm missing anybody there. I think I, I think, think you have I covered it there. No mentioned. computer in front of me right here. Just Michelob Ultras, baby. And he sent me in the uh, depression, listening to all our um, injuries know, and suspensions. So, so it's a lot. So let's talk about what Sporting Kansas City then have to do. And and one of them, um, I, I would say, guys, we'd have to think we're going to get some uh, a, a call on Felipe Hernandez to go out there and put out the type of performance he has the last couple of games. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm Really excited. He's going to be our pregame interview tomorrow for the pregame show for the broadcast. And, I mean, really the bright spot from, from the last game, two assists on, on both of Sporting's goals, and then had what Peter Ramiz called the best performance of the season or of his season uh, in 2022 after coming back, you know, from his, his time away last year. So really excited to see what he brings um, and, and as he continues to grow and progress and maybe – even a little bit more pressure now with, with how many injuries there are and how much they need him to kind of lead there in the midfield or, or be a, a focal point of, of the midfield. So I think that's that's going to be a big key. The other thing, too, though, just organization defensively. Courtney Ford was asked on his press conference today, hey, how hard is it when you've got so much rotation? You mentioned all the defenders who are currently out of the lineup. That's going to be some rotation. Courtney Ford had, you know, we talked so much about how well him and 
Robbie Bouladere, you know, were, were working together. They had all that time together in training. Now it looks like he'll probably be out there, I would imagine, alongside Andre Ufantas. The two of them haven't necessarily played a ton together. So it's just all those moving parts that have been in, you know, that, that lack of consistency that Peter's talked about all season. Uh, we'll see that on the defensive side as well. So I think, you know, against a, a Colorado team that can also present some of the same threats that Portland did. Their counterattack ability is is you know up there with, with one of the most dangerous in the league. So that's something I think for Sporting Kansas City to have that defensive organization and communication is going to be really important. I actually, if it, if it turns out this way, and we don't know what the defensive rotation is going to be, but if it turns out to be Fontas and Ford, I actually find that to be an intriguing pairing because I've always felt Andreu Fontas would do well against a big, athletic, physical presence that just goes and, and, and tackles people and gets stuck in and wins every aerial duel and covers a ton of ground. Um, Nicholas Isimatminen is, is, is long and lanky and athletic and everything, but a lot of his game seems to be a little finesse as well. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that in any way to, to tear him down or anything, but, you know, Fonte is such a technical player and an aware yeah. player, but Pace... And power might not be where you lean on him. Mm -hmm. And and Courtney Ford is that guy we see that just sells out to block everything. To you know, he's throwing his body everywhere through the course of the game and kind of plays with that edge. And I just wonder, maybe, maybe that's a good peanut butter jelly combination right there. Two guys that bring two different things to the table. I don't know. If we see it, I'll, yeah. I'll be curious to see how it plays out. No, I agree. They definitely complement complement each other well. Sorry, easy for me to say. The Fonte, as you said, he's very assured. He looks like he can play with anyone, really. You mm -hmm. see him a lot, especially when the younger guys are in. He's talking them through the game, drop or push or, you know, squeeze, whatever. Um, playing alongside Courtney, who's actually kind of turned out to look like somewhat of a leader in this team now, these, especially these last couple of weeks. He's the one screaming on the pitch, demanding things off players. And that usually you don't see that with players coming straight into the building, but he kind of seems like it's like next man up type mentality. It's my time to kind of... Do it, and he's he's assured when he plays, and as you said, he'll go and win everything. He'll win all the headers. He'll sell his body to block anything going towards goal, and that may give Fontas a bit more license to kind of be a bit more reserved. Courtney goes and wins all the rest of it. He sweeps up behind, kind of, and mm -hmm. can play those diagonals and stuff that we like to play. That Peter likes to play. Um, I think that's interesting to see the two of them together, especially with the speed that we usually have with the fullbacks um, yeah. as well. But with with Felipe comes in the game you said Peter said he had his best game for us I would agree 100% the thing that impressed me most about him was he's still 21 Felipe 21 22 21 or 22 yeah he looked like a veteran in yeah. that game and a, a lot of the players around him were younger guys and at the 8 so the fact that he was able to make didn't that stop adjustment. getting everywhere breaking up tackles breaking up play starting uh, starting attacks making key passes he kind of was all over the place and I was doing a bit just cutting a bit uh, some of his highlights today you see 108 minutes into the game and he's still sprinting his heart out to get back and you know just to get more orga or defensively organized just that type of stuff he kind of seems like he's striving a bit on the chaos of look this is my time I'm being thrown back in and I just kind of have to take advantage of it and earn this shirt for myself and he certainly seems to be doing that hopefully he can carry yeah. it into Colorado tomorrow night yeah okay so this Colorado Rapids team we've seen them once already this year in Colorado and now they come here they're a different team when they go away from home than they are in uh, in Colorado, which stands to reason considering the altitude and the atmosphere there. But they're also a different team because they've added Jossie's artists since the last time we saw him. So I don't know. What are we expecting this time around, Allie? 
Whew, well, another scoring threat, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a dangerous thing considering that, you know, Colorado already has a few of those. Diego Rubio's had a good season in front of goal. Um, they're they're just they're a dangerous team and, and sporting's always had, you know, especially on the road against them at home, they've had some of their better games. I mean, I'm thinking back to a few last season uh, where they dominated Colorado and really picked them apart and, and completely dominated their, you know, three man, five man back line, whatever you want to call it. So I think it's gonna be an interesting interesting game, but I, I just when you look at their scoring threats now with Giassi's artists, it's it's just it's another player to look out for, which, you know, right now for Sporting Kansas City coming off the game against Portland, looking to kind of right the ship here in this game. It's just when you've got numerous threats to, to keep an eye off, out for, and I, I agree, I really like the partnership, and I'm excited to see the partnership potentially with uh, Ford and, and Fontas, but, you know, how, how many different lineups have we seen now with the sporting team? I, that, that lack of consistency does, you know, make it difficult at times. Ford talked about it today. Hey, that's our job as professional to, to adapt and, and figure it out, but I, I think it's going to be a tough game. Um, but like you said, Colorado's struggled on the road this season. They've been outscored 14 to four. Right, they're winless, um, they're right? winless I, on yeah, the road. I so won, I mean, it, that's a, a trend that is that favors Sporting Kansas City significantly. Um, but you're gonna have to. They haven't been involved in any. All their games that they've been involved in, win or lose, have been multi-goal games, which is I think just an interesting kind of stat. They're, it's not like it's a team that you're gonna go out and necessarily at least from what they've shown this season, like grind out a one-goal win against. But maybe Sporting could do it. They've done that at home. Yeah, that's right. More than once. I I think the midfield battle is key tomorrow. Just the way they play. Uh, We're just looking at just how they lined up against LAFC. They beat LAFC 2-0, by the way. But that's at home. Again, they're going away from home. They're not going to play the same way. But with their two in the middle, Mm -hmm. our three in the middle, you're kind of hoping that that's where we kind of dominate the game, you know, because they're going to have Estevez and Rosenberg going forward, going forward. So... Hopefully we win that midfield battle, which Felipe Hernandez will be key in, you know, getting close to people, closing people down, not letting them uh, build attacks. Uri yeah. Russell, I'm sure, will be running all over the place as he usually does as well. So I think if we win our individual battles in the midfield tomorrow, I think it puts us in a good position. And Diego Rubio in that LAFC game had kind of played it that, that underneath, like like more of a true 10, which, you know, is kind of interesting too, just in terms of how they might line up. It, from an attacking standpoint mm-hmm. with him in the midfield. So you think maybe Uri has him, you know, his task with looking after Diego Rubio, if he's going to sit further back, they play Jassy's artist and Jonathan Lewis, Lewis yeah. further up. So if Diego Rubio, maybe as you're saying, play like a true 10, which we never really seen yeah. much of here when he played, but, you know, it's yeah. it's just another, it's another uh, feather on their cap that they can use that, but something that we'll have to be looking out for tomorrow. It, it's interesting. To, it'll be interesting to see what kind of formation they come out with and because they can use Rubio in different ways mm-hmm. because he's not a true number nine. He's not a true number 10. I guess some people would use that false nine phrase, but he's just, he's, he's a bit of a wild card there. I remember when Matt Lawrence used to call the games with us here and, and Rubio would start up top for sporting, he would be critical a lot because Rubio would would go all over the pitch to find the ball, mm-hmm. which is great at times, but then, in Matt's mind anyway, okay, now who's in front of the goal to actually score? Right. <laughs> yeah. Now you're all the way over there on the side of the field or you're all the way back in the midfield, and now who's going to make the runs up the field? And we see that sometimes with sporting Kansas City where the center forward will check to the ball, and that allows the runners, other runners to play through. And so when you see Rubio, like the way they listed that formation last weekend, 
playing as a, as a number 10. It's weird, though, because he's still kind of a striker. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's, – it's interesting. And, and they've, so they've got options with the way they want to play there. But either way, what you know you're going to get with Rubio is he's going to be all over the field. He's going to be kicking guys. He's going to be falling down and trying to buy, you know, buy yellow mm-hmm. cards. He's going to be instigating things. Um, he's going to be a general you know, pain. Um, and, and Sporting are going to have to deal with that throughout the course of the game. The thing about that midfield that you talked about, I think, is, is you got a guy like uh, Mark Anthony Kay who also – just covers a ton of ground. He's superb. Yeah. He really covers like a ton of ground, and he is looking to mix it up at all times too. He's, you know, there's going to be theatrics. There's going to be, uh, he's going to get into a, a, a verbal altercation with somebody through the course of the game. You know, things like that are going to happen, and so we'll see how that Sporting Kansas City midfield deals with with those kind of two mm-hmm. instigators, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's. And usually they have Jack Price as well, but sure, mm-hmm. he's. I think he's done for the season. Is he? He got a he got a he got a lengthy injury, I believe. Anyway. Yeah, so yes. it looks like he's out for a while. I mean, not he usually brings by to that midfield as same well. Same kind of thing yeah. as the likes of yeah. of and likes of Mark Anthony K. Well, you know, he can even still, Colorado's led the league, you know, by a landslide and in, in restarts and and things like that. So that's another area that Sporting are going to have to be, you know, or really tighten things up is just on the set pieces. And and we we've, we've seen a couple of times that they've gotten hurt on those this year. And this is a team that's going to try to you know, create a lot of those yeah, as well. Yeah, that will be their game plan coming in. Any mm-hmm. fouls in and around the area, they can kind of put pressure on our back line, our goalkeeper. Yeah, you can you can bet that Ruby will be falling over the place around the 18 anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's only a couple things we I think we feel like we know for sure in the game, and that those, the, you know, the, those theatrics, that's one of the things we know. There's going to be a lot that we're going to have to wait and see till game day, and mm-hmm. I think that is, hey, you want intrigue? You want to be able to go watch a game where, let's see, for who's going to start for Sporting Kansas City? Where are they going to play? I think that's going to be a big-time mystery for everybody until we get to match time. And I, I look at, at that, especially the attacking situation for the Colorado Rapids and see the same thing because I think Robin Frazier has some pieces that he can move around a little bit yep. depending on how he likes the matchup. So that cast – because – Robin Frazier and Peter Vermees are also both going to be looking and trying to guess what the other side's formation and rotation is going to be for the game. And they might be making decisions based on assumptions, not really knowing what the other side's going to do. And that's, uh, that's one of the fun parts of the game. So a lot of intrigue tomorrow night. Sporting Kansas City, this is the way I'm going to sell it to you folks. On Tuesday of last week, Sporting Kansas City showed the ability to bounce back within the course of a game. Now, on Wednesday night against Colorado, they have the opportunity to show their ability to bounce back after one game into the next and and show that resiliency. Nobody likes the result that happened in in Portland this past weekend. There is a, a long list of adversity facing Sporting Kansas City, but they have a chance to go out there and show a little bit more of what they're made of in this game against a, a tough, good Colorado Rapids team. 7.30 kickoff. 7 o'clock pregame on 38 The Spot and on all of your uh, streaming options, sportingkc.com slash live and the Sporting KC app. And, of course, you can listen to the game live on Sports Radio 810 WHB as well with the final whistle postgame show immediately following the match as well. So for Caden Pierre and for our producer, cameraman, and uh, jack-of-all-trades, Jordan Burrell, standing behind the camera uh, doing the, the, the real work. For Connor McCourt and Ali Trost, this is Nate Bucati saying thanks for watching and listening. We'll see you next time on the Sporting Kansas City Show, presented by Michelob Ultra.